Hello and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that change everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible and ultimately pushed them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. Once again, I'm Jeff, and as usual, I have the privilege of talking to amazing people who are truly innovating in their particular entrepreneurial space, and we get to hear their stories. Today's guest is a former Entrepreneur of the Year winner, computer scientist, and has accumulated over two decades of experience as a finance and technology executive. He's the co-founder and CEO of Aspen Funds, Robert Fraser. Welcome. It's good to be here with you, Jeff. We're glad that you took the time to to talk to us today. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Aspen Funds. What do you guys do there? We're very innovative uh, fund managers, so we basically take investor money and we deploy it into uh, distressed mortgages and uh, two strategies, and we've been doing that for eight years, have thousands of notes that we manage and hundreds of investors and uh, pretty much, you know, doubling every year in the last couple of years, every, every, sorry, doubling every other year, you know, around there. So um, just having a great time. Yeah. Tell me a little bit, uh, go into a little more detail about the distressed uh, loans and things like that, that you said that you uh, work into. Well, we have two strategies. So our our core strategy, we we buy loans. Uh, these are literally residential loans. So, you know, mom and pop uh, who had trouble paying paying their loan, and then, but that doesn't mean it's a bad loan. It just means they had trouble, but it doesn't mean it's over. And so they get back on track. And now these loans are called trouble debt restructure. So these are loans that are typically modified, and they become pretty much in the banking world pretty toxic. Nobody wants them, and. Mm. Uh, they're fantastic loans if you know you know what to do with them and you know how to how to manage them. So we basically collect these. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the property. It could be a great property. It could be it could be borrowers in a great situation. It's just they had they had a hiccup in the past. Sure. And and you know the way our financial system works, right? Mm-hmm. You know those those hiccups are are um, you know kind of fatal. And uh, so we've we've got some very uh, very creative underwriting that we've done to basically underwrite these loans, figure out, you know, what makes a good loan in our perspective, uh, different than the traditional world and, uh, and have been able to offer really great returns to our investors and, and really take care of our, of our, uh, the, the borrowers as well. That's awesome. Uh, Tell me, uh, so let's go back. You said you've been doing that for about eight years uh, and you co-founded that with, uh, with, um, a friend of yours, or did yes. you guys know each other before? Jim Mafuccio. And, and that's, and that goes back to, you know, a little bit of my tipping point and uh, was meeting him. And, uh, you know, so yeah, we, we've been doing this. I just, he was, he was a friend, kind of a church friend and just an acquaintance and a buddy. And I heard he was doing something crazy with notes and I'm like <laughs> super curious. And so I'm like, what is this? And, you know, my, my background was just very different than this. I knew nothing. I really didn't know much about real estate 
and didn't certainly didn't know anything about debt, about uh, you know real estate debt, and he was an expert. And so we kind of joined forces and it was off to the races. Um, so it was, it, it's, it's like, you know, when the, when the two, the two parts that catalyze each other come together, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, and I, I'm way better with him and he's way better with me. And so it was just the serendipitous kind of relationship. We know, we've known each other probably for eight years, kind of just passing acquaintance. Sure. And uh, I had heard that he was doing this thing and said, what is this? And that's, that was the beginning. Awesome. Well, let's talk, let's, let's work our way up to that then. Cause I do want to find out how you guys have managed to be so successful. Um, uh, I mean, some of it obviously is in your unique strategies that you're talking about there. Um, but let's go back and talk about what kind of you were doing before that. Like when you first decided to go into business for yourself, what was the catalyst for that? Yeah, well, you know, I've been self-employed, you know, since the mid '90s. So, so, you know, I kind of, I was a, I was actually a computer programmer before that for many years, and uh, you know, just kind of jumped off the deep end into the business world, and in the in the mid '90s, and mm -hmm. uh, and started a business that became this big uh, venture capitalized tech business. So in the late '90s, so I literally caught the dot com wave, and uh, started in my attic with my sister in law. Literally, me and her and a hundred grand from mom. You know, wow. You know, thank God for mom. You know, and <laughs> and you know, mothers they just always believe in you. You know, even and and it literally is the worst business plan ever. I invented was the business plan I started on. It was, I mean, I've read some real stinkers, and this was at the bottom of the list. But I didn't I didn't know any different, and ended up then pivoted about six months into that after it was clear it wasn't going to work, and that's then got venture capital, ended up going to three hundred employees. And the dot-com boom happened and then the dot-com explosion happened. And so I go from, you know, being worth several hundred million dollars to being worth zip, you know, and, and realized that I didn't want to be in the public markets. I didn't want to have anything to do with the public markets at that mm -hmm. point. And, and that was when I, I'm thinking about what do I do to get out of the kind of the, the hype of the public markets and the, the, you know, the, the panic of the public markets. I want to have a business that I can control where I can feel like I got my hands on the dials and the levers and I'm in control of this business. Right. And that was what I was looking for. And that's when, when I met Jim. Yeah. Well, let's let for, for a brief moment, I would like to go back a little bit into that initial, you said that you had the worst business plan of all time. Uh, give us some uh, some advice on what you, what what were you doing wrong at that time that you know now was was a better at least six months later you figured yeah, it sure. out. Yeah, sure. It it was it was you know a business plan that I had invented in my head, you know, without any outside input, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and with a guy who really didn't know, you know, I'd never talked to customers or to actual you know buyers, you know, or anybody who actually knew knew the market, so. So it was it was just it was just an idea, and I I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and you know I had enough hustle in me that I could even make that work. I I, I could you know even if I got old Bessie, I I would I had thought I had a shot at the you know at the at the trophy you know riding mm -hmm. the, the wrong horse you know, and so I, I just been make up for all that with make up for the lack of it, but just hustle, and I did have a lot of hustle. And uh, so, and hustle goes a long ways, but boy, if you, you better have a good, you know, if you want to win the, win the race, you got to have a good horse, which is an idea, yeah. you know, and I, it was not a good idea. So pivoted and then, you know, 
it, like I said, it started working. Yeah. What, what, what did you do differently? I guess to, to then the, start the pivot. Attracting, yeah. yeah to attract the the pivot. Well, I decided, so this was a, it was, it was all about, it was like a, you know, a reviews, like, a, you know, stars on software. So it was like consumer reports of software. That was the idea. And I, and I didn't want to dirty my hands with commerce. It was, you know, it's going to be, it was going to be pure. It's going to not dirty. And, but all my customers were these software company co- companies developers who were saying, can you sell my software? And I'm like, oh, no, no, we wouldn't dirty our hands. And so I finally decided to dirty my hands and listen to my customers. So the difference was when I, I started listening to what the customer's pain and what they were saying and, gotcha. and, and shifted. And it turned out to be, you know, then it turned out the market timing was incredible. In my base, I caught a wave. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for catching waves, right? You know, I had one guy tell me, you know, it doesn't matter how good a business person you are. It's 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 when the when the tide comes in, all boats float, right? And when the tide goes out, quote. all boats don't float. And it's really true. Wow. You know, timing is everything. Getting getting the right business at the right time it makes all the difference in your ability to raise capital and execute and everything else. Uh, well, and then obviously that that opportunity came along. It says uh, on your bio that you guys met for a cup of coffee. Yeah, and that was a, a fateful cup of coffee. It seems like there's a lot of fateful cup of coffee stories out there where you, yeah, you just happen to meet the right person, and uh, you know, really is meeting the right person is is so important. Whether it goes to your to your spouse or your your, you know that that partner, and uh, when you meet that right person, it's it's all of a sudden you know two really two you know one plus one does not equal two; it equals three. You know, and it becomes a reality. Yeah, so he comes to the table with the the real estate experience. You bring the the tech uh, and finance background, exactly. And then you guys uh, get together. What was the plan then? How did you kind of first go to market with the idea? Well, so he had he had come with these crazy two models of basically this distressed debt, and and showed me you know how it would work, and and uh, and I thought it was too good to be true. Okay, so I'm like, well, I don't think this is real, but let me try it. So I, I, I let him invest my IRA, you know, okay. so my, my, my little, you know, my little nugget uh, there uh, savings. And I let him invest it. And about six months into this, I was like, Holy smokes, this is legit, you know? And I said at that point, okay, I knew how to raise money and I know how to operate a business. So I said, okay, let's go raise a little fund. And we still didn't have any metrics for the fund. So we didn't know these mortgages, how were they going to perform? What, what kind of reserves did we need to have? What kind of returns we're going to have? You know, what I didn't know how to model them at all. And so what we did is just a little beta test fund. I just raised a couple million bucks with my friends and family and said, we're just going to beta test this because we didn't know anything. Hmm. And from that, then we, we got all the metrics. We understand how to reserve for them, how to underwrite for them, how to, how to model the, the uh, you know the revenues and how how to how to work them out and really successfully what what does it take and from that then we launched into our into our our bigger businesses and started raising serial funds and uh, you know so just getting started though it just you know was him with my IRA you know I I asked him I literally asked him so what's the worst thing that could happen okay and <laughs> he said well the worst thing that happen is you you find a guy who is 
he was in the foreclosure industry and he's a, like a foreclosure attorney or something. He knows how to basically stall you and how to, you know, how to ream you. And I'm like, okay, well, literally that was the first, that was one of the first guys we got. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And, but we had a conversation with him and just said, look, you can fight us on this. And, you know, you can, you know, that the bottom line is we're both going to lose and here's how you win. And and we ended up with the worst scenario possible, we ended up turning it into lemonade, you know, and turning it into a great deal. Yeah. And at that point, I was just completely convinced. And um, so he became kind of the idea guy. He's the guy that understands real estate, understands the debt side, and, and, and then understands how to how to get the money out, how to make it work. He's he's built the models, and I'm the guy that builds the business. You know, mm. so yeah. so uh, we're you know at that point it was just you know steadily steadily growing ever since. Right, and you guys have. I mean, it's evident you've been on the Inc. Five Thousand as well. I know that um, that isn't necessarily an easy accomplishment. Obviously, that's due to a lot of profit growth. Tell me what some of the uh, I don't know what how you guys have innovated in order to kind of see that kind of growth. Well, like I said, you know, and it, it so getting into the weeds of our business, but we we basically approached it very, you know, being a data guy, you know, approached it very analytically. So so we're we're we 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 underwrite our notes very different. We basically invented new underwriting models. The, mm-hmm. the traditional underwriting of basically credit score and equity were the only things that mattered, and. And uh, you know, down down payment and equity, so to speak, right? And we've completely reinvented the way underwriting is done, and based on based on mathematics. And uh, so that was that was huge, you know. And then also, you know, we have a whole team that reaches out to to borrowers to help them, and 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 innovating really strategies for how to help people, you know, to to make this happen. We end up not having to foreclose when people fall off. We, we end up we end up foreclosing almost never and and figuring out how to work with work with customers and to keep people in their home, which is our goal. We've been able to successfully do that in the business. We've written off, you know, millions and millions of dollars in debt and uh, and so so primarily it's it's you know, it's it's really detailed financial underwriting and 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 very innovative financial learning and very innovative ways to deal with the customers. And then how does how does one like invest in uh, more mortgage notes with you? Like what is the how does that work from the investment side? If if a, if somebody wanted to invest with Aspen Funds, we have two strategies. And so one strategy it's an open ended fund. So literally every quarter we accept capital for this fund, and every quarter you can get a redemption in this fund. So it's open ended. And that's that simply is open to investors. We have you know um, you know several hundred investors right now. So it would be a fund that you would put in money, and then we we would buy these notes and we pay investors uh, based on our our profits. Um, and then the second strategy we have serial funds. So literally we start at, we start about two funds a year or so um, in the in that strategy. And those are closed end funds. So they, we we take the capital, we deploy the capital, and you get the proceeds after. Uh, about three, three to four years. So you've been entrepreneur of the year. Uh, what, what year was that? Can I ask? That was 2000. 2000. What, what did you do to get that? <laughs> Let, tell us, tell us what the secret was. Yeah. Well, it, it was, you know, I, I think it's a recognition of being, you know, of, of just, you know, taking something from nothing and becoming something at that, that point I had, you know, some 300 employees. And, and it was really, you know, I had, I had one of the first investors in my business, 
tell me, he said, Bob, I have never seen as much done with as little. And literally, but before I took it, it took any professional investor or investor money. I had a, I had a thousand clients, a thousand businesses that I was doing their, doing their, their commerce for them. And it literally, well, just a, you know, only a couple hundred thousand in investment. It was, it was just, I figured out how to, you know, MacGyver everything. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just to never say no to a customer and always figure out how to say yes with when you, when you really didn't have the equipment or the ability to do it, I just figured out a way to make it happen. I, I think that's probably as much as anything and, and how to scale a business. You know, it's very difficult to scale a business. It's, it's very stressful on an organization to grow it when you're adding new staff who are un, untrained and, and you have, you know, you have to build the systems and processes. So I think those, those things are probably what, what, it, what it recognized in the entrepreneur of the year. Sure. In your experience, what do you think, what do you think, is there a common thread to the, the, to the companies that you've been a part of that have been successful? Um, what would that be? Yeah, that's, that is, that's really good. And, and I think, you know, and I having, having rubbed shoulders with a lot of these kind of entrepreneurs, you know, there is, it's interesting how few entrepreneur of the year are focused primarily on money or focused on the, on the, you know, their win, the, you know, the, the amount of net worth or whatever, they're very few, almost always they're focused on the customer they're passionate about the customer or they're passionate about the product, you know, and, and that's, that's first and foremost and, and, you know, and passionate about their team, you know, I mean, I think the thing I'm probably proudest of right now is my team. And literally these people are, they're just so, they're happy to be there. I focus on, I really work hard to hire great people and to put them in the right role you know, and uh, and when you, when you get the right person in the right role, they get happy and they get super productive. You know, so building a team that's just so energetic, it, ge- it generates energy on its own. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I I think those things it's being being customer centric, absolutely product product passionate, completely and and very team very focused on the team. You know, I thought it was interesting. I read the book years ago on good to great. You remember that book? And mm-hmm. it was a bestseller years and years ago. And it really struck me. And I remember him saying this, that, that it, was, it was never about these, these, these level five leaders, I think he called them, was it was never about, they weren't the typical type A, you know, uh, driving type leaders. They were the humble leaders who, who basically, and the first step that they did was get the wrong people off the bus and the right people on the bus, Right. And then figure out what to do, and and it's it's like it makes no sense really from the, the way most people think about it, but I think it's really right. And so you, when you get the right people, all of a sudden the right opportunities open up, you know. And uh, you know, so I think that's been a real key for us. What what is the what? Well, I guess what it would be since obviously employees and that employee engagement and culture that you said is so critical. Um, what advice can you give a, maybe a new entrepreneur or even somebody who's been around for a little while when it comes to leadership? Leadership is, leadership is, you know, there's so many different styles of leadership and, and, you know, my style is pretty much, no one's ever accused me of micromanaging. It's so funny. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm the opposite. I would rather get a really top person and let them do, do what they do it their way but coach them along the way and make it super clear about, about, 
you know, my, my expectations and what I'm after. And, but, but really there's no reason not to be positive with people, even, even when you're, when you're correcting them, you know, mm-hmm. and it show them, show them a, a better way, you know, I'll tell you the other, the other thing that if, if there's a, if there's a superpower that I have, it is, it is, I think being able to see what people what they're what they're good at, you know. So one of the one of the things I do when I interview people, I I'll literally ask for their personality tests and these kind of things because I want to know what they're what they're really good at. I want to know the way they're wired and I want to know what their interests are. Mm-hmm. And if if I can tap into that, if I can actually get a person to operate in their strengths, and I actually can get them to operate in something they're they're already passionate about, they're going to be successful. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so you know, over time, I'll migrate people into their power alley. And, and people get so grateful and so loyal for, for that, you know, when, when you actually take people, when you actually recognize who they are, and it, it's different than here's, I have, a, I have a square peg I'm trying to fill, I'm trying to stuff somebody in it, it's the other way around. People are, are, the, are the magic, and find the right role for the people, you know. And so it's it's really the other way around. And I, I there's there's many of the entrepreneurs I know that are really successful have the same philosophy. Mm-hmm. I know that you've also been involved with and founded and served several nonprofit organizations. Tell me a little bit about your nonprofit work. You know the non nonprofits. It's it's just it's it's just a way to give back and a way to, you know, some of the nonprofits don't don't have the the the, the tech or the. Uh, the 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 finance skill the, to do really what their what their mission is. So I was able to come in a couple of these and really help turn them around and give them the tools they they need to to go win. And and these are people who you know don't make a lot of money and don't you know they're very passionate about their mission, but mm-hmm. but typically you know aren't able weren't able to uh, to uh, you know just. They build the execute the business like they wanted to execute. You know? sure. So, so it's great for business people to come in and be able to do that for these for these selfless you know types. And uh, you know, it's awesome. How, how how important is it? Do you think for uh, companies that like yours or or successful folks like yours to act as mentors for those types of organizations? Yeah, you know, you know, I I think so. I think it I think it tends to be more of a age kind of thing or more of a, you know, once you get to a certain level of net worth, I think people start really thinking about giving back or when they get to a certain age, it's like you realize, you know what, I can go work harder, go put another 100 grand in my bank account or what am, you know, I can go really help others. So I I think it's kind of a natural progression of, you know, of of humans, you know, and you know, you think about there was a Swiss this uh, the Giving Project, I think it's called, of the the billion. Like, uh, you know, last time I checked, it was 127 billionaires had had pledged oh. to give half of their wealth to oh. to to nonprofits, and you know, it's just it's awesome. You know, people have this wrong people have the wrong idea of entrepreneurs and of business people. A lot of times that they're just greedy and like the that that you know that it's it's not about money and it's not about greed that that really it's about just being being who we're called to be and uh and then hopefully there's a payday at the end of that you know sure yeah and then the opportunity like like you said to give back and be able to to advise other companies to do the absolutely. same absolutely absolutely um tell me a little bit about the future of of aspen funds then uh, as before we go here like what what does the future look like what do you guys got coming up the pike yeah well we've you know, we've got two very successful strategies, kind of very niche, very successful strategies. You know, we believe there's lots of opportunity and in alternative investments and, you know, meaning not stocks and not bonds. And, mm. 
you know, how many people have been creamed in the stock market and the bond market? There's supposedly less risk in the private markets. And it's a joke. It's, you know, so we want to become an alternative investment provider. So we're going to be partnering with other operators, fund operators that have very unique, very, very solid strategies like we have and offering, offering, you know, investors, you know, packaging those for investors, very investor friendly type, uh, you know, so a lot of these operators, they're not good at raising money and, and they, but they have a superior product. It's very superior to the public market. So uh, we think alternatives are on the rise, meaning non-stocks and non-bonds. And we're going to, we're going to really become the leader in that space. That's awesome. Before, before we go, I want to make sure that you have a chance to tell everyone how they can find uh, Aspen funds and get more information and also how they can uh, get in touch with you if they're interested. And I know that you guys have a mortgage guide or a fund guide that you um, want to talk about as well that people could download. Is that true? Yeah. So Aspen funds, F U N D S dot U S that's dot U S and uh, you can click on the resources tab there. We actually have done a, you know, whole mortgage investing guide as well as just finished my uh, uh, 2021 economic forecast. So we, part of our, you know, what we do is we, we want to make sure you, since all since all boats float when the tides come in, you know, and they don't when the tides go, I want to know what the tides are doing. So sure. really, I I spend a lot of effort understanding the tides, and and uh, and I want to I want to know everything I'm doing. I have a tailwind, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in my back, and so so we've so it's six parts on just you know the Biden tax plan, general ec- recovery from COVID, uh, general economic review of what's coming, and the housing market, which we spend a lot of time in the housing market, and it's stuff that really other people are not talking about, and it's all data based. So anyhow, yeah, it's all free. So awesome. Go have, go have a gander. That's great. Great uh, resources out there for to just for the taking. That's fantastic. Uh, I want to thank you so much for spending time with me on the show today and and giving us some of your expertise. My my pleasure, Jeff. Nice to meet you. You as well. And we want to thank you for listening to What Makes Them Tip, Innovations That Changed Everything. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, Innovations That Changed Everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arkalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arkalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.